Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte, and you're with Stan, Rowe, and Raph on the SGP Podcast. Woo! Are you ready? Marks and Smarks. This is the Smarkiness Filipinas podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. Stunning Stancy at your service to my right, ravishing Romoran. It's just both of us tonight. Oh, yeah. No stat guy Lance. No rowdy Raf Camus. But how did y'all like uh, stat guy Lance? I mean, he did a fine job filling in for the absent Camus. Who will be, who will be back next week? Yes. I think, that, I, I think he will be back next week. Uh, uh, people have been giving feedback on stat guy Lance, uh, which is good. There are some people who are happy that someone's actually taking stats down. Okay. There are some people taking him to task for actually uh, for, for not doing his job immediately. No. Immediately. No, that's not how it works. He's supposed to he's supposed to no, he's supposed to list down all the corrections at the end of the show. Uh-huh. We explain this. Yes. So you cannot take him to task for that. But for other things, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so there we got we got a variety of comments. Uh, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. But you know that's expected for anything mm. anything new that you add to something uh, that's you know that's, that's got I, an established routine. I liked it. Uh, I personally like that we have someone who's fact checking us on on the fly. Yeah. Uh, you can never be checked too much. Yes. I guess. And, I personally and, believe that we should check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Yeah, but uh, tonight no stat guy, so we're gonna have to do the checking uh, ourselves, or or not. No, he'll he'll he, he will uh, no, he will do the checking it to us. Yeah, uh, at home. Yes, and he will give it to us privately. Yeah, that sounds wrong. We have some stuff to talk about on the show for oh. this week. Uh, we got some stuff lined up, stuff that is relevant as always to the world. Uh. And uh, this week in professional wrestling, but first we uh, Ro has something oh, to get yeah. off his chest. Jesus Christ! I, I it's so about a song that um, everyone knows. Yes, everyone knows now. a song that I play at least once a day. Once lang because work. Once lang yeah. Once lang. Jesus Christ! Seriously? Yeah, because every other jock has to play it. Yeah, okay. And you can sure. only play a song once on for your show. For show. Yeah. more than once a show. No, man, that's that's actually a rookie no. mistake. Really? No, I mean like before. No, it's a rookie mistake. You no, can't play a song more than once on your board. So probably if you're in a, if you're doing a a, re- a countdown show, Yeah, a countdown. It it can be excusable. Yeah, but for any other show, even an all request show, you can only play a song once. Oh, that's good because fucking closer by the Chainsmokers and and Halsey, right? Yep. So one Chainsmoker is singing on the song. Yeah, it's Andrew Taggart. Okay, whatever. I don't give a shit. He's the guy who can't sing Din. Shabu Yungas Yungas MTV. Yes, same guy. Well, he sounds okay on the recording. Yeah, he's heavily auto-tuned in the recording. I like it. Yeah. I haven't listened to it closely, but I don't give a shit anyway. But anyway, yes, I hate this song, mostly because it's overplayed now. I heard it... I came from the gym before coming to uh, the station tonight, and I heard it four times. And uh, I guess I said, 
yung ano eh, yung 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 sound system sa gym yung nakasaksak kanina janitor okay, okay lang sure he has chain smokers on his phone and he has three different versions of the song <laughs> and may mga may mga remix remix yun eh mga EDM remix yun and he had four so there were four different versions that I heard today of the same song of the same song and it's not technically bad it's it's not terribly produced um it's actually a pretty decent song to be honest with you you know music wise I will give him that but I, I just don't other than being overplayed and shit I just don't agree with the central message of the central theme I guess of being ridiculously unstable it's also about uh, people who are who are like exes right yeah. just, just trying to get on uh, get it on one last time no, okay, sure, sure. That, that part I can excuse fine that, that, that is a thing that happens that is a trope that happens in love and people are hormonal yeah sure but tangina right, first of all you cannot afford the rover you moved into the city with a, on a broke in a broke down car so you didn't bother to like put oil in your shit oh and i don't even know that there's a land rover who has a that has a trade in program for your old broke down car and uh, you can't afford the tattoo on your shoulder right <laughs> How, how does that even happen? How do you how do you walk into a tattoo artist's place and ask for a tattoo that you cannot afford? I think lyrically, one of my biggest problems is the very first one of the very first lines: uh. "Tell your friends it was nice to meet oh, them." Oh, I, I hope I never see them again. That's like the uh. most douche bad oh, thing you can say to a girl yeah, you're Jesus trying Christ. to impress. jerk face? Spice Girls that day. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. And then, what? They stole the mattress from a roommate. In Boulder. In Boulder, sure. And then the worst part is they're never getting older. That's, that's some really stupid wishful thinking bullshit. That's also some YOLO bullshit. Oh, some YOLO. Exactly, that's the thing. That, that is what makes it annoying. That is some YOLO bullshit. And we have not played the YOLO Twins interview yet. Yeah. But yeah, it's really... I don't know if I'm just old and somewhat stable in my life right now that I get to rage on and rant about this, I guess, uh, celebration of being unstable. Because, you know, other than being a song about getting together with your ex, it's also a song that is really proud of being, you know, I guess, good for nothing. Or being walwal. Oh, what the hell, man? What the hell? I don't know. I uh, I'm not a huge fan of the song myself anymore, especially because I do hear it every yeah. day and I hear it multiple times in a day. Except when I, when I'm driving, someone else is on the radio uh. and someone else is about to play that song because yeah. someone else is requesting that song or voting for that yep. song. So it's, yep. it it really is annoying. Yeah. Um. I I hate it especially when other people sing the song. Uh, why? Why is this? Well, because like I I, I, <laughs> they I hear it further. No, I hear it enough every day. <laughs> I don't need someone else to sing it and remind me of the song. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Sana. I mean, again, I'm saying that the Chainsmokers are an okay production team. Like, I love their arrangements for sure. I love the instrumental backing that they, you know, I, I, even though I don't necessarily agree with the content of the songs, uh, they're nice to listen to, sure. Yeah. Like, you know, Roses is fine if it wasn't so overplayed. Um, it's also ridiculously millennial for some reason, but it's also ridiculously overplayed. And the fact that Closer is. You know, getting played by everyone doesn't do it any favors for me. You know what? I uh, in in a very sadistic manner, I can't wait for its Bossa Nova remix. I think people still Bossa Nova shit. Really though? Yeah, yeah. Or like or, City uh, really still do this shit? 
Um, probably not City, no, but maybe like, not Bossa Nova. Pero mga, or maybe the acoustic yeah, version, yeah, yeah, like when yeah, yeah. Sabrina comes yeah, out with that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mga acoustic, acoustic sa YouTube. Yeah, Sabrina, Sabrina's acoustic album. I think that's a number Jesus eight or that's a number nine. Or so Closer's probably gonna be number ten. I mean, uh, that's another thing. My YouTube stars. Don't, don't let me get into that. No, not even the YouTube stars. It's the acoustic ones that that really no, yeah, piss no, me no, off. Everything. It's like, like you know, I, I I can talk uh, all day about yeah. all these acoustic shit. So we need to. Have I can actually shoot. Already. I can actually Christ. shoot on these acoustic oh. people who get signed to labels and can't produce original material. Oh, yo, 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 everybody yo, fucking yeah. clamors for an acoustic version of this and that oh. popular song. Like, okay, yo, I mean, this is the Boys Avenue dilemma, the Boys Avenue problem, if you will. Yeah, because nobody wants to hear their original shit. You just want to hear them cover existing yeah. shit. I mean, no, no. Boys Avenue is really good. It's a really good band. They can play music. I'm sure the the lead singer sings well. I like the way he sings personally, even though uh, he sounds sleepy all the time. Uh, and it's open to parody. But the fact that you're wasting all these talents on these cover songs. Now, okay, it's it's kind of a running joke already. Now, there is uh, no matter what the song is, it's going to be covered in the Boys Avenue style. That is. I guess overly sappy. You know, I I always resist the temptation every time an artist comes over. Lalo na pag puro cover lang yung CD niya. I always resist the temptation to ask. So, kailan ka maglalabas ng original material? Because no, people not? from the no. label are there. No, people from the label are there and they'll get pissed. Oh yes, yeah, so it's their idea to put out in a cover, right? Exactly. So it's like you're taking a dump oh, all over that, their work. So you know, you know, for for the for the sake of maintaining a good relationship between the station and and these people, I really try to hold back. But like I deep inside, I have these this this hinanakit against against the, these acoustic shit. Like yo yo yo, say what you will, I guess about you know guys like James Reed and Nadine Luster and uh, I, I don't know Kim Chu, whatever Sarah G. Say what you will about those people and how you know how judged they are or how mainstream local they are. But at least they come out with originals. I mean, at least they don't go the easy route and take the low-hanging fruit and go with a really, really good acoustic version of another song. I will rue the day I step into a classy hotel for a wedding. For a wedding I'll be hosting. Oh, sure. And the lounge singer is singing closer. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, 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 no. Be- it, it will be soon for sure, uh, especially when these young millennial, younger millennials are getting start getting married. No, or or when people start uh, learning how to play the song on the piano, which not that hard. Yeah, yeah, sure. It, uh, everyone sure, can. Can happen at the YouTube. Yeah, everyone can learn how to do this shit. Exactly. So you know. Um, right, speaking of another, uh, though, speaking of acoustic covers on of of a Chainsmokers song, I did hear this in a, I did hear this acoustic cover of of Roses. Okay. On ASAP. Wow. Because ASAP is ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> ASAP is the breeding ground for this acoustic music. Yeah, exactly. That's why I hate. That's why I hate and having I to watch really, TV on Sunday and, lunchtime. And when I when I heard the acoustic cover of Roses, I didn't realize that it would it it could get even more ridiculous than it already is. Man, yeah. man. So yeah, that was a full ten minutes on the Chainsmokers and all of you who are patronizing them, or all of you who patronize this aco- acoustic bullshit. Oh. But uh, for uh, no, for to be totally fair, uh, you might think that I'm a huge Chainsmokers hater, but I really, really like "Don't Let Me Down." Yeah, that's that, a, that that's is a good a, song. That is a good song. That's a good song. Kanye was a great song. No, it's not. Jesus. Yeah, it was. No, it was, it was not song. a good song. It was a decent song. No, it I was, liked it. No, come on, seriously. Yeah, the it just came before yung kasagsagan ng ano nila, like the popularity that <sighs> they enjoy right now. It's a funny. I mean, like, ah, oh God, really. Selfie is annoying. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, selfie is annoying. But that, I think that was designed to be annoying, though. To be I fair. guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Pero Kanye, really? Yeah. I mean, I love, I love it was Kanye. fun for what it is. Yeah, which is I, just a mindless, uh, you know, that's m- the mindless thing. It was eardrop. mindless uh, earworm. Mindless I mean, I earworm. love Kanye West. I mean, you know, I, I want to be as rich as Kanye West, but that, that is super shallow. No, I think in the new intention, yeah, to come off as shallow, but it's actually a, a criticism oh, of, fine. of people's obsession fine, with Kanye. Fine, fine, fine. That's it's, why I like the track. So it's like low key lonely island, fine. or a low key satire. Yeah, yeah, low key lonely island. Lonely island is satire. Nah, yeah, uh, when you put it that way. Um, so back to back to wrestling because at the end of the day, this is still a oh, wrestling yeah, yeah, podcast. Sorry, sorry. But that's what happens when you got shit like Clash of Champions and Raw that give you the same old, same old that you thought we could get away from. Now that we're in this quote unquote new era, and I say this with the air, uh, the utmost air quotes imaginable. Uh, so so it it doesn't feel like a week where a huge pay per view happened because it was just a week where the same old shit happened. It's a clash. Yeah, at, at Clash of Champions. No, I, I, I'm I'm really bothered that that Clash of Champions was done the way it was done. Yeah, I know, me too. But at this point, because it's hashtag fuck raw, and uh, I mean, even though yes, you're right. I love a lot of guys that we love are there, like T.J. Perkins and Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Chris Jericho, Rollins, Seth Rollins, Rusev. Um, they're there, but fuck raw. Get into the game. I'm really annoyed. I think one of the things that annoyed me the most about Clash of Champions was the fact that the one thing they did to shake the status quo oh. was something that just brought things back to the status quo, and that was to give uh, Roman, Roman Reigns, Reigns another championship. Yeah. So the way na Michael Cole was hammering down the point that Roman Reigns' resume continues to grow, they were really trying to shove it down your throat. Yeah, now, yeah take this and fucking be happy with it. <laughs> Uh, obviously, they could not have let Roman walk away from that feud losing. And obviously, it had to come at the expense of Rusev. But uh, I don't know. I think Rusev the Manizane is, is good uh, and good enough to bounce back from whatever. I don't think, he, I don't think really he loses any status because everyone knew it was coming. And everyone knew that it was something that had to come. Because it's a WWE and the WWE loves Roman Reigns. Yeah, which is weird because um, on, on the other side on SmackDown, we're, we're getting to this point, or I'm getting to this point where I don't consider John Cena and Roman Reigns to be on the same level anymore. Right, I, I, I guess on this, on, on, uh, when I say on the same level, when John Cena wins again, you're like, oh, fuck, lol, Cena wins again. I find myself rooting for John Cena so much now that. I, I, I've come to forgive him for all for, for basically the previous decade. Oh. People like us, especially at our age, and given the amount of time we've watched wrestling, have, have gotten so used to John Cena now. Hating him has become second nature. Mm. Or when he comes out, saying Cena sucks is second nature. And yet at the end of the day, we don't think Cena sucks. Mm. But now, I yeah, can't I, even... I, I don't forgive him because he's not the one to forgive. He's not the one who is at fault. No, um, maybe a little bit, but not entirely. I mean, siguro kasalanan yung Nexus. We can sure. blame him for that. Yeah, yeah, even uh, he holds uh, himself accountable yeah. for that, diba? But I, I guess the point I'm trying to uh, trying to get at is, if the WWE came back to Manila today, and if they held a show, and if John Cena was on the card, I wouldn't even be able to bring myself to yell Cena sucks, even if it was in the interest of just having fun and playing along with the crowd. Sure. I would probably be among the people actually chanting, let's go Cena. Okay. That's something I obviously can't do for Roman Reigns for, yeah. for obvious reasons. 
and and because I don't think Roman Reigns has earned it. Mm. John Cena, on the other hand, has done way more to earn it and to actually deserve it from from fans of all ages, all demographics. And like it's about time now we we've we've come to realize now, yo, John Cena is a living legend, and his his prime years are numbered. He's on the back end of his prime. So he's about, um, th- think back to Kobe Bryant when you were about to realize that, yeah, this guy, he's not going to last in the NBA for that much longer. That's where John Cena is right now at the age of 38. Hmm. Hey, yeah, I mean, it's, but it's not fair to say to man that Reigns is not at the spot. See, Reigns has not had that much time to earn his goodwill. But Reigns also, or, or Creative, hasn't done as much as well to make Reigns. But, no, no, like I get he, what you're trying to say, but it's also a matter of. Time. I mean, of course, Cena has had enough time to, to you know, uh, get himself hated by the fans and then get himself endeared, in, you know, endearing again. Yeah, um, but what a difference ten years makes. Oh. Like ten years ago, that's when the hate really started for John Cena, which and, is kind of like where Roman Reigns yeah, is Roman, right now. Roman is anyway, is in his getting in his in a, oh, near peak spot, I guess. Uh, only that he isn't winning as much championships as Cena Cena did when, at, during his time. The the problem with uh, the the problem with the Roman Reigns situation is obvious, man. Uh, uh-huh. um, it's obvious that the fans aren't as receptive to uh-huh. him right now as they are with someone like Rollins, and yet uh, what we're getting is uh, is another Roman Reigns championship, right? mm-hmm. um, Clash of Champions proves that no matter how much you desire this change, it's still not gonna come, no matter how hard you fight for it. Uh, another example would be Gallows and Anderson. Oh. Three straight pay per views who've been predicting, oh yeah, Gallows and Anderson are totally gonna be the new day now. And yet, <laughs> that was more of an, uh, okay, I want this to happen. Not necessarily it's gonna happen. But it was a shitty finish the way they went about it. Because sure. it's so counterproductive. Oh. Yeah, you're trying to paint the new day as this, these, these baby faces who go through adversity na dapat kaawaan, and yet they do, they, they do a dastardly thing. Mm-hmm. Na parang, Wait a minute, how am I supposed to reconcile this? Na? They're the kid friendly good guys, and they're the ones cheating at the end of the match. Yeah. Even if Sabihin mo, even if Sabihin mo na, Luke Gallo started it by beating up Xavier Woods at ringside and by yeah. attacking the non-legal man, whether it was Big E or Kofi. Hindi pa rin eh, kasi even if those are two bullies, the, the good guys, there's still three of them. Mm. So they still have the numbers advantage. Yep. So they still took advantage of that. Yeah. So um, these things are upsetting. Uh, the, to the point na, uh, um, somebody actually called me out on this. On my, on my review of Clash of Champions, I didn't even talk about the women's championship match anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even talk about Sami Zayn Jericho because I was just so upset with how uh, the rest of the card went down. I'll be honest with you. I haven't finished the show yet because uh, at this point, I would rather much watch SmackDown than finish a Raw pay-per-view. I can't blame you hmm. because uh, I, I'm with you there when you say a SmackDown is much, much uh. greater than Raw. Um, even with even the cruiserweight uh, division oh, hey. is cruiserweight being held division. back right now. Oh, hey, here we go. Here and, we go. and we and we feel this. Like, uh, let's start off with something that we addressed na last week. Nah, um, that was your one chance to debut the face of your division, and you don't trot TJ Perkins out. So yep. that's mistake number one. Mistake number two, you you trot them out, and um, you you don't give them a match at Clash of Champions that appropriately sets the expectations mm. for the cruiserweight division. Or there's, a, there's actually the alternative point of view eh, that I just thought of right now. Oh. They give us this match to reasonably set these expectations. Okay. Dito lang yung expect niyo from the cruiserweight oh, sucks, division yeah, on the main that roster. Is, that is malicious. If, if, if that, that is really savage. is the case, if that really is the case, then yes, it is malicious. But what if that was the intention? Uh, yeah. Um, first of all, uh, I don't agree with 
looking back, I don't agree with the matchup that happened in the Clash of Champions. It shouldn't have been TJ Perkins versus Brian Kendrick. Yes, Brian Kendrick is the more familiar name at this point. But it's not the best matchup you can have for the division, especially for a first time, first showcase on a big event such as Clash of Champions, such as the pay-per-view. It should have been a name. I don't care who who saw the Cruiserweight Classic Finals or who didn't see it. The first match should have been a rematch between TJ Perkins and Grand Metal League. Yeah. Uh, given the time they had and given, I guess, the direction they had, TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick was not the best way you can go. Uh, Brian Kendrick say, is not the wrestler he once was 10 years ago. Um, even before, you know, even before being the Brian Kendrick, uh, his style was just not conducive to something that is really exciting. It's cerebral. It's smart. It's I know it's uh, actually quite intelligent for the smarter fan. But for the casual who is trying to get into the cruiserweight division after for, after so long, after being away for so long, they want the high flying shit. I, I I will have to agree with that. I mean, even if. You know, I personally don't want to have them risk too much for themselves. They want the high-flying shit, and the high-flying shit is what draws. You can do everything else later after you, after you set the real tone of the cruiserweight division. You know what? Um, just this past weekend, I was listening to The Art of Wrestling, and Cedric Alexander was uh, a guest there. Sure, sure. So this was recorded before the CWC, so uh, there was yeah, barely sure. a- any mention of CWC. And something struck me with Cedric Alexander's wrestling background. Uh. He said that... He started getting into wrestling because of WCW. Uh, One of the reasons was the cruiserweights. Yeah. And he first really loved the likes of Chris Jericho, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio. Common denominator, these guys flew around uh, when, when they could. I mean, sure, Eddie was also a technical master. Mm. Pero um, in his youth, he was also known for being a high flyer. Yep. His fucking finisher was the frog splash, yeah. for, for God's sake. Mm. Right? He hated Dean Malenko. Because Dean Malenko was boring to him as a child uh, But Dean Malenko is someone whose work you appreciate As you grow older as a wrestling fan Because like Brian Kendrick now He's more of a technical expert So Kendrick isn't even a technical expert He's just, uh, he's just really uh, ring smart And, and uh, very, very devious actually see Kendrick Like uh, his style is he takes advantage of his, his surroundings yep. to, to get one up over you right? So the, the point I'm trying to make is uh, The reason why the cruiserweight division at at the time, WCW succeeded was because people really remembered the high flyers, uh, which which goes back to the point that Roe raised just a few moments ago. Now, uh, if you really want to set decent expectations for people and make them excited about the cruiserweight division, you trot out the high flyers first because that's what gets people's attention immediately. It's like it's it's like selling an album. Eh? It's like selling a new album. Of course, you have to get out the the earworm singles first, and then. That's how you get people to buy them and appreciate the deeper stuff that's hidden in the album. Yeah, that's why I Really Like You was a, a good selling point for emotion yeah. for, for the album. And then once people got emotion, they realized that there were other songs that were way, way better. Mm, that, exactly. Uh, and, yeah. and that's why emotion was such a huge, huge hit last year. Uh, so And, and the, the, the decision to make TJ Perkins a champion is good because he can do everything. He can do all of that. He can, high, he can fly high and he can uh, grapple with the best of them. But here's the thing. You should have... Take uh, you know, take advantage of that and made him fly, fly around with someone who could fly. I think it's also because the way that TJ wrestles, he adapts to his opponent. Exactly, is, right? he adapts very well to who his opponent is. Um, when he was uh, yeah, yeah, when he was thing. up against Ibushi, 
who likes to fly around and shit. Uh, he he tried to go toe to toe, but he also kept Ibushi grounded. Uh. But uh, the, the problem was matches like that where uh, matches like that are, are too advanced then for someone who's a casual fan. No, it's fine. They just need the flying around. Once you hook them in with the flying around, which is the, you know visually exciting, that's when you draw them in with the deeper stuff. But so you get them in the door, you can show them the whole place. To be fair, though, this week on WWE programming, you oh. got at least like at least three matches with the cruiserweights in it. Oh. Um, four if you include the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Five if you include main event from last week, where I think it was Dorado and Rich Swan uh-huh. who who, who yeah. competed, right? So they are trying to get the cruiserweights out as much as possible. In fact. The presentation binabago talaga nila. Like they have the purple ring ropes, Th- which doesn't the, even make sense. The lights ginagawa nila purple, like in this audience na malapit why, sa ring, though? diba? I don't know. I, I I really don't know why. Uh, I think they're trying to beat you over the head with the branding now. Yeah. Oh, ibato, ibato, ibato. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we want you to know that these are cruiserweights wrestling, so we'll turn the ropes purple. The problem with that though is that it isolates the division even further. Exactly. At mas lalo silang na other. Yeah, exactly. So what is it now? They can't join anywhere else. Can a cruiserweight team not, I don't know, not compete for the tag team championships? Do their stories exist within a vacuum, yeah. independent of the larger raw fabric? Are pre-existing cruiserweights not allowed to join the division? So what is going on here? What is why is this so? Why does this feel so backwards? Where the fuck is Neville? Yeah, well, I, I tweeted this week. Nah, somewhere in the back, Neville is crying. Because he didn't make the, he he didn't make the cruiserweight division before they were trying to make uh, mm-hmm. trying to put it together, but Neville is very well qualified to be part of this cruiserweight division. He's under two hundred five. Uh-huh. He fits the style. Yep. He's exactly the flippy shit spot monkey you want to carry the division alongside yeah. the likes of so, Grand Metalik yeah, and so TJP. If I can, if I want to have a team with Neville and Tony Nese, they can't challenge for the championships. Get him by That would be very weird. So, yun, uh, that, that, I mean, sure, the, the purple ring ropes are fine because they're, uh, they're pretty new and I can't think of the top of my head of a show or another promotion that has purple ring ropes. But at the end of the day, the way it's all presented is questionable to me because it really isolates the cruiserweights from the rest of the main roster. And here's another problem. So the, here's hot take number one. Hot take number one, the Cruiserweight Classic ruined the Cruiserweight division for us. How dare you? No, it's true. As someone who loved the Classic, how dare you? you? You're, you're taking it the wrong way. Uh, it's not that it's, you know, the Cruiserweight division is terrible now. But uh, it's because that the Cruiserweight Classic really set the bar high. You know what I'm saying? Uh, every week, every match in the Cruiserweight Classic had, built, had a built-in reason to be dramatic. It had the built-in mechanism that would allow it to be as dramatic as possible. So everything was tight. Everything was more prestigious. Everything made more sense. Now that you have a cruiserweight division on Raw, where some of the matches are just there as exhibitions, some of the matches are, well, title defenses, sure. Not all of them is going to have the, the tightness, the, the toutness, and the packaging and the overall atmosphere, I guess, of the cruiserweight of the cruiserweight classic. So now that I'm watching the cruiserweight division on Raw and on on its pay per views, sometimes on on NXT, it's not the same to me. I'm expecting, and I guess it's my fault too. I'm expecting that everything is as awesome a feel as the cruiserweight classic. I mean, you don't have Morrow and Brian calling the action. You don't have. Uh, 
you know, Mike Rome announcing everyone in his own way. Mike, have, Mike Rome is a, a low-key great announcer. He's good. He's good. You don't have the the really really you know athletic uh, declaration of winners at the end. No, it, they do now. Uh, I I think they had that on NXT. I thought like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, it's just not the same. You 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 transported the cruiserweight division to this. I think as a tangent point, I, w- I want to add length to that and say now what what the cruiserweight division is going through right now is is the same problem that NXT stars go through. Because mm-hmm. you have NXT stars like say Neville. I think Neville is one of the best examples. Sure. Now, when he was on NXT, he was the shit. Mm, he was on fire. He he was he was a legitimate threat. He was a champion. Um, nobody questioned him for his lack of size, for his lack of height. Um, everybody praised Neville for what he could do. And yet, when he ma- made it to the main roster in the a uh, year and a half since he debuted on the main roster, he's become an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And I think that the cruiserweight division is going through the same thing now. You know, when they were on the network, they were on fire. Mm-hmm. Everybody was uh, lauding and and praising the cruiserweights and what they could do. And and as soon as they made it to the main roster, for some reason, the magic is gone. Yeah, say you know, it's that thing Raw does with people. Uh, SmackDown has, uh, for its part, managed to stay away from that. But Raw, SmackDown in the new era. Oh yeah, SmackDown in the new era for sure, for sure. Uh, Raw now is sandbagging everyone, for sure. Everyone, eh? I mean, it, it's a everyone, problem from yeah. top to bottom. Yeah, it's a problem from top to bottom. Even and they can, even the main event storyline. For some reason, they can't fix it. But on the other hand, SmackDown is doing so well, and we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, because even the main event storyline. I, I, I had to say this again. Now, oh. I thought at the pay per view they would bring Triple H back. Oh, sure. Well, but in deeper than the them see Triple H and like uh, the, the that one sounds familiar. The one thing a bald he does, guy not you know not showing himself. Oh, oh, oh! Damn. The a one thing boss? he does, the one thing he does is pick Steph up at the end of the show and bring her into his limousine, and they make a big deal out of it on Raw. I don't know if you if you've seen this already. No, I have not. Yeah, but Seth Rollins and Mick Foley make a big deal out of this. They're like Stephanie. Explain to me why Triple H picked you up. Explain to me why Hunter asked you how your day was. And I'm like, Like, why are we making a big deal out of a guy picking up his wife and asking her how her fucking day was? I don't get it. So, um, the one time that they're trying to put in some drama and some gravitas in the storytelling, <laughs> it comes off so, so disjointed and weird because it seems like the logical thing for a husband to do. Hmm. So it's so questionable the way that they're writing things, uh, the way that their creative process or lack thereof works. It, it's so silly, and it makes the three-hour viewing process even more tiring. I, I actually find myself taking naps in between the show now, and that maskaya hope like I could actually sit through three hours of raw, watch it live with commercials and all that shit. Like I would do my my little errands uh, in my in my room in my in my house in between commercials. But now, like uh, the second hour of raw, I would actually be lying down. I would be taking a nap, and I'd be cool with it. Like hindi hindi ako na ako conscience na oh shit nakatulog ako. Sa everyday workout ko, kailangan ko protection ng family rubbing alcohol, effective disinfectant. Panglaban sa pasma at pampaginhawa pa. Basta't alcohol. Family rubbing alcohol. Hindi lang pang pamilya. Pang sports pa. Hindi lang pang pamilya, pang sports pa. Seamus Cesaro, uh, I think, is one of the last things I want to talk about before we get to the beauty uh, that is SmackDown. Thing, uh, let's talk about the, the actual Cruiserweight Championship match on Clash okay. of Champions sure, sure, real sure. quick. Uh, it wasn't the, you know, the... the 
the coming out party everyone expected. But it wasn't that terrible. It just wasn't enough. First of all, the, the atmosphere was all wrong because, again, they did not trot out TJ before this and they didn't do enough hype. And again, as I mentioned, Kanina, Brian Kendrick was not the best choice for this first, you know, first showcase. But it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't up to our expectations. We expected Cruiserweight Classic Round 3. But we got Round 1. That's it. Uh, some botches on the ma- in the match, but I blame them all on Kendrick because um, he did not put himself in position for you know some of TJ's moves. Um, yeah, pretty much that's it. So, uh, sloppy mostly on on Kendrick's part. All right. So um, I'm not sure who brought it up first sa, sa online chats natin, but Cesaro and Sheamus uh, ended. Eh, okay, so Anthony brought it up. He predicted. It would end in a draw And they would be forced To be a tag team To go mm-hmm. after the tag team championships That's exactly what happened At Clash of Champions And on Raw Like what the fuck um, I, I was really upset that the match Just ended in a draw mm-hmm. And they didn't even have The resolution at the pay-per-view Because even if Mick Foley already came out At Clash of Champions And said nah, I'll give both of you A championship opportunity Yun palang pwede na Because that would have been A cliffhanger But it would it would have also been a resolution to okay, so match number seven ended in a draw. Yeah. Now what? Kulang eh, nakulangan ako. So I I wish that they'd done that at the pay per view instead of Raw the next day. But now they're they're teasing all this tension between Cesaro and Sheamus who are forced to work uh, to work together as a tag team. Like Benoit and Angle. Like Benoit and Angle once were. That's right. Or like even kind of like Kane and Daniel Bryan minus minus the silly comedy shtick. Mm-hmm. So. I'm cool with that right now As yeah, long right as Ayusin nila I guess the one thing I do like about it Is at least Cesaro's story continues Yeah Like hindi siya Pina start over And okay you're done with Seamus Now you can move on But I was so You know I was just so waiting For the for the time when His raw contract Kayfabe and, You know Ends And, and he pulls a swagger Yeah I think na well, I, I don't think that's gonna happen soon because in a storyline like this, parang obvious na they're yeah. gonna be champions. Sure, but they're that's gonna fine. do they're gonna do Matt Hardy MVP all over again. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, um, the, the eventual split is gonna be fine. You know what? If I think the one thing that would probably upset me as as a uh, fan of Cesaro mm. is if they stretch this storyline all the way till Mania and it doesn't end in a world title situation. Parang okay, it's just a grudge match between Cesaro and Sheamus at Mania to settle everything that. They went uh, through in 2016 Grudge matches are fine As long as the actual blood feud is built up well That's fine If, you really, you know, if they make us really want to see these guys tear, tear each other apart Okay lang nah. But uh, at least you know, uh, It would actually help if they gave them some, something to play for Yeah Like uh, at, at the big show right? Instead of just uh, you know, Who comes out as the superior tag team partner After all of this is done even superior tag team partner, but you know it's or who like, is the better man at the end of it all? Yeah, two people hate each other, and then who is you know who's gonna win? Who's gonna beat the other up into a now to a pop? I I appreciate that. See, Mick Foley's trying to be a mad scientist about it, but there's something that feels so flat about him as GM. Uh, he, I guess it's him being old and not putting in as much energy as we expected him to. Because Brian has a lot of energy. Yeah, you, and and you feel it. it it's very consistent. It also helps that this week on SmackDown, neither Brian nor Shane appeared. Really? Yeah. Well, he was on Talking Smack, of course. Yeah, except for Talking Smack. But they went through an entire two-hour episode of SmackDown Live without any of the authority figures on, on screen. Hmm. So it shows that even on a WWE program, it's very well possible for the authority figures to take a backseat for an entire show. Yeah. 
and the, the, the episode would function just as, as fine as it normally would. Uh. Um, I, I guess we can talk about SmackDown now and uh-huh. how uh, this week they did another good job of building towards No Mercy. Which is you know, pretty soon. I didn't realize it was so fast. It's a week from this Monday. Yeah. Manila time. Uh, and I'm cool with it. I'm actually cool with the with the build. Um, the build to backlash wasn't as you know, as tight. As no, it was really tight. It was super tight. It was tighter than we wanted. But uh, the build up to No Mercy is okay. It's fine. I like the pacing because they're they're able to set the matches. They're able to set the feuds, and there's there's just a proper build up there. Mm. Like uh, example, the Usos versus Slino. Like they they showed this week that the Usos could take out Heath Slater and Rhino, mm. and and uh, make them legitimately afraid to lose their championships. Mm-hmm. So there's a question mark hanging over your head now. Oh, is this uh, are, are Slater and Rhino actually going to lose in in nine days, diba? So you have you have that hanging. Actually, over I your think head. they are. <laughs> I, I would I wouldn't mind honestly. Um, what else is good about SmackDown? I mean, like we're we're saving John Cena for last, obviously. Um, uh, the you know the tag match was good. Both tag matches were good. So yeah, you know, eight men, yeah, eight men, and the women's tag. That was really good. Uh, Naomi's really getting some shine up in there. Uh, whatever, whatever she had to go through back when you know before the brand split happened, when Team Bad was a thing, when she turned heel, she's really making up for it, and she's really proving why she was the underrated. Uh, NXT three winner, uh, you know NXT three participant. I think with Naomi, she uh, the way that she is and the way that she works, mm. mas bagi talaga na baby facing. Yeah, exactly, and I know, uh, and people tend to write her off because she finishes people with her ass. Better, she used to, I guess. But she, when you give her, I guess direction and I guess revitalize her spirit for wrestling, she can prove now. She proves that she's really good. She's better than people give her credit for. If you compare Naomi to someone like Ember Moon, who's uh, also crazy athletic, uh, uh, where, where do they stand? Like, I would say, no. Who has which upside? Oh, for sure, Ember Moon has more upside because she has indie cred and she has more seasoning over there. And Naomi's just, what, a former Orlando Magic dancer. Yeah. Then again, I uh, see Carmella herself is also a former Laker yeah. dancer. It's actually a feud of... <laughs> Former NBA cheerleaders. NBA cheerleaders. You can bring in Layla L, bring yeah. her back as a former Miami Heat dancer, yep. and you can have a three-way. I miss Layla. Uh, Inya, uh, Amber Moon has more upside, of course, but uh, for what she is, for who she is, for the reputation she has, Naomi is crazy underrated. How and, about how about Natty? Because I still have a problem with Natty's character. She she still comes off bland. I don't know if it's her voice. I don't know if it's, it's her delivery for sure. But she's better as a heel. Uh, yeah, Bruce and there isn't much direction there. Actually, not uh, very few of them have direction right now, but some of them are making do with you know how they are. Like Nikki, yeah. Even though you know Nikki will probably break kayfabe every now and then, uh. but uh, the way that the, the way that she's still comfortable calling Naomi by her real name, <laughs> like like she, I I don't think Nikki Bella's gotten to the point that she can separate total Bellas or total divas Fine. from from SmackDown anymore. I think she's at that point. I think uh, no, the I camera's think, just fucking everywhere. I think it's hard to blame her then. Yeah, because the camera's just fucking yeah, everywhere. Pretty right? much. So medyo kawawa din siya. I mean, like John uh, Cena himself says on Talking Smack na uh, she busts her ass by by working nonstop, twenty four seven, literally. literally so uh, it's hard to blame her for that. Um, sh- should we go ahead and talk about the, yeah, the main go. event picture? 
Yeah, right, sure. So, so Cena, Styles, and Ambrose, that's your, that's your triple threat main event feud. And we've established this last week now. You have two dicks and John Cena, who is the, pu- uh, the pure babyface in, in the feud. Right? And I, I find myself just really cheering for John Cena, especially after the promo he cut on Talking Smack. So he goes out there and he tackles all of the points that Dean Ambrose tried to raise last week. Ambrose called Cena a lazy part-timer, <laughs> he, uh, among other things. And he questioned John Cena's uh, personality. He yeah. questioned John Cena's integrity. He questioned John Cena's commitment to the business, mm-hmm. which John Cena refuted in a very classy way. Uh, and which he actually leveled against The Rock. Yeah. Uh, one of the points that really resonated with me, and I'll probably get to explain this to you off the air, is when John Cena said "Nah, Ambrose called Cena a lazy part-timer because mm-hmm. instead of appearing on SmackDown, uh. instead of being booked for Backlash, John Cena was wrestling in China. Uh. But John Cena was wrestling in China. Actually, actually a pretty stupid thing to say. Yeah, because it's like the rock. It's Cena. When you think about the fact that they were here in Manila yeah. for 14 hours. Cena wrestled in London, no, not London, Manila and Shanghai. Got on a 5 a.m. flight the very next day yeah. to Shanghai. Barely got any sleep and then wrestled. But the, the point uh, the point that he, he brought it up was uh, He wrestled in China So that one day People like Dean Ambrose mm. Could wrestle at a Wrestlemania In Beijing or mm. Shanghai yeah. John Cena will never get to that point yeah. he, he himself is very self-aware about that yeah. he's, he's too old To even be active when that happens But the generation in Ambrose And the Rollins Reigns John Cena just got the ball rolling He opened that door for the future So why can't people like Ambrose mm. Appreciate that shit? Because I've been in a position where I'm just trying to open the door for you yeah. <laughs> and, and for you to take a shit on oh, me Oh, alam na. For you to take a shit on me For opening that door for you For putting in that work So you can reap the benefit That says Of something a lot. you don't even understand Yeah, of, of something you never even worked for To get to that point where you can brag about it That really said a lot to me As someone who has been through that personal experience We say a lot about Scumbag Cena Hashtag Scumbag Cena But when he's in this I love the company mode He's a great baby face He's absolutely great it's, it, it, it's him It's really him And Obviously he knows best How to You know Put some thought In You know Into the motivation Of what he does And how he does it That's why you can't say shit About what he does it. That's why he can say shit About The Rock And For Ambrose to try And do that for Cena It, it, it doesn't match up uh, I guess he was doing it Maybe as a self you know, he's aware that he's doing it as a heel. But, and, you know, he's obviously self-aware inside that he's wrong about what he's saying. But uh, it really is something you cannot say about Cena. And he's really, really good. I like in that, that other quote that John Cena said, Now, you are the sum of the five people you surround yourself mm-hmm. with. In many ways, it's true. And not just in wrestling, but in life, right? Uh, they, um, there's another quote, Now, you are who your friends are. It really, really speaks to how uh, your attitude, your disposition, mm-hmm. and even your trajectory is very much influenced by the people you surround yourself with. That's what Cena tries to say. Yep. And um, this is what he, the reason he brought this up is because Sinabini Dean Ambrose na, I'm a man of the people. I'm in the, I, I'm in the dressing room hanging out with Jack Swagger and the Usos. <laughs> so John Cena, he says, na, I don't need to hang out with the Jack Swaggers and the Usos when I'm the one talking to the CEOs, representing the WWE on this level but to be and fair, that level. That is kind of a dick, dickish thing to say. 
it, it is a bit of a dickish thing to yeah. say, but it's medyo nakarelate pa rin ako. Like, no, I mean, yes, yes. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're making avenues. You're opening inroads. Not just that, eh. Yung parang, if you really also, want to succeed, yeah, you'll sure. put yourself in that position yeah, to succeed. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you won't be content. You won't settle. It, I, I guess that's what he was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, that is what he was trying to say, but it also comes off dickish to, you know, to technically brush off the thought of hanging out with some friends in the business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Because there, there is this misconception or there is this idea that John C. doesn't, doesn't really have friends in the business. Because oh. when you hear about people like Chris Jericho, when oh. they talk about like you know Jericho's Barcada, oh. Malenko, Eddie, Benoit, right? When you hear about uh, Roman Reigns, Barcada is in S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. and, and uh, probably the Usos because they're family. Yeah. So you kind of can tell these clicks, Sammy and Owens, about the indie guys, mm. the NXT guys, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky, and then there's John Cena. You never hear of anybody saying that. Oh yeah, John Cena is my boy. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess it's a reflection of that. And you can't blame him, but in it because he is that one guy. You can't, you can't blame him, but you can call him out on it. Now, it you know it isn't that much to say hey to the guys. Yeah, and John Cena can just as easily say some shit like, "I didn't oh. enter this business to make friends." Hey, yeah, come on. No, that's what he did. Pre- pretty much. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. Um, At least what he's saying. That, one last quote that, uh, from, from his Talking Smack promo that really got to me was, he said, nah, Ambrose says, John Cena and Dean Ambrose do not like each other. Dean Ambrose yeah, does yeah, not yeah, like yeah. John Cena. John, John Cena, Cena does not care about, about Dean Ambrose. That is a pretty astute reflection of his character then. Yeah, that, that is, that is how, can, how he can be perceived as someone callous backstage. Yeah. Um... It, it brings to mind the and Alex that is, Riley is, story. Yeah, that is something he can work on. And the JTG story, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the JTG story, if it's not in the Jericho podcast, it's, it's in his, his book. book. Yeah, it's in his book. Yeah, it's the, right there. Yeah, so it, it's somewhere there. So it, it, if you're curious, look it up. It's it's online. Something you can like easily Google. $5, I think, the book. No, not just the book. The Alex Riley story. You can, oh, yeah, you can yeah, find yeah, that for yeah, free yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on any dirt sheet. Alex Riley uh, goes out of his way to say that John Cena essentially ruined his WWE main roster yeah. career, uh, m- mostly because of the the similar look in the uh, AA. So, Ian, um, I guess the points we're trying the point we're trying to get to is the fact that Talking Smack is one fucking awesome show. Yeah, uh, it actually rounds out the whole SmackDown experience. Uh, Talking Smack is the place where it's not. It also sounds like a, a second WWE podcast. But it's also a place where people actually get in promo time. And if you have the network, I suggest that you do make it part of your SmackDown viewing experience. Like, you can't watch SmackDown as it happens on the network. But if you do watch SmackDown on TV or on your stream, whatever, do watch Talking Smack right after. It is quickly becoming the most must-see WWE event, especially now that we don't have the Cruiserweight Classic anymore. And think about this. Uh, Talking Smack only lasts 25 minutes. Yeah. Every week. So if it, if you don't have the network, you have Watch Wrestling. Oh, it gets uploaded on Watch Wrestling, and and, and the WWE uploads these snippets on YouTube, kind of like good they, enough. Yeah. That's how I that's how I you know caught up with the Cena interview. Sometimes I I think of skipping young Renee and Brian dialogue, yeah, like when they just banter on what happens. But I I found myself uh, quick story about last night. I found myself stuck in our garage because I was in the main door, Whoa. and my family was out, and they right. forgot to tell me. Wow! So I was literally stuck in the garage, 
with Wi-Fi access. Okay. So all I could do is really just watch the WWE Network on my phone while right. waiting for them to come home. So you know, I just humored myself and I watched Renee and Brian banter, uh, and it's actually a fun listen. Podcast. Yeah, they're the host of the podcast. Yeah, it, it's a fun listen because uh, we all know we we've spoken at length about how energetic Brian is and how he brings so much to the table. But Renee Young is a great reminder of what we're missing. Uh, some of our backstage segments these yeah, days. Yep. Like, I fucking hate Charlie Caruso. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really. Let's, let's not get started on that right now. We're talking about Talk is Smack. <laughs> like, TV3. SmackDown Jay. She's yeah. part of the SmackDown crew. Yeah, she, I know. she does not do her job uh, very well. I know. You know, like, I, I really miss Renee Young as a backstage interview. Like, I know she's probably got better, bigger and better projects. Oh, no, but why can't they bring up Kathy Kelly? Yeah. Yeah, you have Dasha Fuentes and Charlie doing double duty oh, on yeah, NXT. Jesus why not just bring up Kathy? Bring her on SmackDown. But, uh, the reason why uh, Talking Smack is, you know, is a rounding of the SmackDown experience is because it is a place where people can actually cut their promos. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, the reason why a lot of feuds on, you know, on main on main show WWE are so lacking is because they don't get promo time that sufficiently explain storylines they don't get that time to really really take the feud to another level by cutting a really good promo and in talking smack everyone gets i guess a few bullet points and is let loose what's even better is in talking smack is um as much as it likes to straddle the line between kayfabe and reality uh. They use it as part of WWE. Exactly, kind. yeah. It is super straddling the line because it's actually most the most modern era thing that has come out in the modern era, in the reality era, the most reality era thing that has come out post reality era. For one thing, Daniel Bryan can go out and call people wrestlers. Yeah, he can say wrestling so so liberally. But uh, on on WWE programming, even tomorrow, he yeah. stops himself. You can hear him stop himself to para humabig at being sports entertainer. Yeah. On Talking Smack, they don't have that restriction. And whenever whenever they uh, they go off the rails, uh, best example was Ms. Bryan. Yeah. They're able to take that lightning in a bottle and use it as well, fuel for the next SmackDown. That wasn't really going off the rails. It, it was planned. The whole thing was planned. They yeah, didn't I, plan it to be that intense. I guess for people who just didn't know better, you'd be yeah. like, oh yeah, you know, uh, th- these people have absolutely. lost it. These people yeah, have- yo, if you miss that, you, may, you miss a lot. I think that's that. That's where we, we, where we start today. Because oh. like talking smack when it first happened, it was so it was just there. He did not Machado. Maybe because we were waiting for that one explosive thing, mm. and that was Miss Brian. And I think uh, from that point on, they decided to let talking smack be explosive as possible. Which like, is you know, why the we, Ambrose promo from last week, and then the Cena promo, the Dolph from Ziggler from a couple of weeks ago, uh, this week Cena promo. It's really good entertainment, and uh, it's a throwback actually to. Times when promos weren't completely scripted, and if you're missing those, if you're raging against how scripted promos are right now, you have to watch Talking Smack. Um, I, w- I want to talk about Dolph Ziggler because we're still talking about SmackDown, right? and how how well they were able to execute the career versus title stipulation, mm-hmm. and how they were able to put it you, out. You there. know he's winning it now, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know he's winning because they can't. Afford to let go of Ziggler unless they, you know, unless they ship him raw. That's no, 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 no. They address that. Huh? They had Miz say, "Now, wait, wait, wait. You're putting your career on the line. This isn't some hokey. You're gonna show up on Raw <laughs> or main event, you know, the, at, on the next month." Sinabi ni Mizion, and that's what really got me. I was so like, can you show up at like NXT? Yeah, I was like, wow, they really did their homework. They made sure to cover all their bases. That was really smart. Whether no, I, think, it was I, think, Miz, I think that was Miz's on Miz's part. I I don't care. I, um, it does. 
I'm pretty more, sure it was on Mrs. Park. All the more I appreciate Ms. Zanin so much. Because normally you would think, na, oh, this is just a cop-out way to bring Ziggler around. Oh, yeah. and, and he really went out of his way to say, na, oh, you're not going to show up on Raw after this is all done, Ziggler. But that's like him damning himself. Because he, now he knows he's going to lose a championship. Which I don't mind. Yeah. It, <laughs> At this point, it's okay, yeah. Uh, Miss World Tour fine sure. Yeah, and Miss has been winning so much yeah. uh, I guess it's time to win it Whoever ends up being the WWE Champion and After No Mercy If AJ Styles makes a face turn again Maybe we can see I want to see AJ Styles, AJ Styles versus Miss Yeah, why not? Yeah Because you'll have like the epitome of indie Versus another epitome of WWE Yeah um, I mean, he's not Roman Reigns But the Miz is a pure WWE product he's a re- It's a rehash of the, of the Of the Miz Bryan feud Yes. Now that I think about it, yes, you're right. So, I I think this is good. I like Ms. Ziggler. Man, you know what? I'm really excited now for mm. for No Mercy. Uh. And yeah, um I'm probably going to be waking up a little bit later on Tuesdays <laughs> so I can wake up earlier on Wednesdays. Yeah. There's just something so gratifying about uh. having having finished SmackDown mm. and and in Raw it's just so it's just yeah. such a slog. Yeah. So, so there um, We want to know your well, thoughts you're, you're, Obviously you're, you're lucky that you don't have to write Raw reviews anymore Yeah <laughs> Sorry Miggy uh, But yeah let us, let, let us know what your thoughts are On, on Raw On Smackdown Talkie Smack The Cruiserweight division If uh, you agree or disagree with anything If you have any stats uh, Stat guy Lance will take care of you on, on Twitter He's actually active when he wants to be It's at Lance Tanong You can also tweet Camus uh, uh, In the Bay Area where he's mm-hmm. at Yeah He's coming home, I yeah. think. When he's not having an in and out. Oh, God. Um, you can tweet him at Caveman Canvas. As for us, it's at Rowizwar and at underscore Stancy. And before we end this week's episode of the podcast, which also kind of means that we don't have time for the YOLO twins. Sorry, YOLO twins. We'll be giving you our picks of the week. Oh, hi. Who's first? Uh, you can go first. Uh, all right. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll pick Hideo Itami versus Lince Dorado from this week's NXT. Really good episode. Uh, I really like how Hideo is more energetic this time around. He's finally hit his stride. And maybe it's because he's been fighting cruiserweight classic guys all this, the entire time since he's, since he's been back. But uh, it's really good. Um, I guess they have, he has more chemistry with them than with anyone on the roster. I think he's also better able to connect with the crowd. Yeah. Um, I... I I I would I don't want to discount the fact that his English has improved leaps and bounds. Yeah, sure. In the year that he's been out. Yeah, he's he's been what injured for so long. Yeah, so. over a year. So he was uh, able he, to improve his English, yeah. and I think that's able to help him establish a better connection with with the audience. So uh, the only problem with this match was that Dorado had to work pseudo heel in that he had to put he had to be the guy who put Hideo Itami in the rest holds. And it's super weird when you, especially if you're familiar with how Dorado wrestles. Yeah, which which I'm not because I, I, no, no, I mean, didn't I mean, get the follow. I mean, from the cruiserweight classic alone. Okay. Now you know he's a high flyer and all that. Right. Um, my pick of the week would have to be the Cena promo from Talking Smack. Okay. You know, we we talked about it so much, and if you still haven't been sold on Talking Smack, you watch the Cena the Cena promo, then watch the Ms. Bryan exchange from a few weeks back, and I think it'll be uh, very. Um, I think it'll be enough to get you hooked on Talking Smack. Um, I'm not sure if... You know what? No. I, I, heading into the episode, I was thinking I could probably give out a Raw match as a bonus pick. But I was like, go fuck on, it. Let's go. No, fuck it. Never Just mind. the two of us. Come on. Hey, oh, no. Fuck it. Because I don't want to encourage people to waste time on Raw. Ah, yeah. You know, this brand split, uh, I only really had one 
Did I say this last week? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. I only really had one hope for it, and that was, you know, for SmackDown to return to its former glory. Uh, you know, it's 02, 03, 04 glory. And now that that's happening, I am happy. I could care less about what happens on Raw, except for, you know... The people when, we like. Yeah, DJ Perkins, Bailey, Cesaro. People like that. Cesaro, yeah. It's just, it's just such a shame to know that they're being wasted on Raw. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. Uh, with all of that being said That brings us to the end Of this week's episode yeah. Of the SGP Podcast uh, We'll try to figure out When we bring the YOLO Twins in Maybe next week Since you know It's almost Renaissance Yes Renaissance uh, is happening On October 8th That is two Saturdays From today uh, We're recording this On Thursday night And you can buy your tickets As early as now Yun. You can actually reserve yeah. You can actually buy Your tickets for a while now so if you, uh, if you need all of the details, all you have to do is to point your browsers to facebook.com slash phwrestlingrevo. It's all there, all the information you need to know. The match cards, most of them have been laid out as well. So you have an entire card uh, to expect at Renaissance. And I think we can say this early on, oh. but the show will start on time. Oh. Normally, we give you a time and then we kind of wait for people to come in. This time around, we're not going to wait for our lives to be over. We're going to start mm. at 6 p.m. <laughs> on the dot. Wednesday. There will be wrestling at 6 p.m. on the dot. Yes. So if you uh, let's say you park your car at 6, don't be surprised that when you get in, there are people body slamming each other in the ring because <laughs> hey. wrestling will have started by 6 so p.m. So come early. Yes, please. And you know we don't want to tire everyone. If you want to bring in dinner, uh, there is a Jollibee nearby. Uh, concession I hope so. Yeah. There's there, uh, there's Pioneer Center. There's a supermarket yeah. there. There's there's, there's fucking SNR. Uh, Pioneer Center is also It also has free parking So if you want to just walk uh, Right next to it To Bayanihan Center That's totally fine Again It's at 6pm On Saturday October 8th uh, Renaissance It's going to be A whole lot of fun And we'll see you there As for us We got to call it A week In wrestling uh, Ro here has to catch up On Lucha Underground <laughs> I have been raring To talk about Lucha Underground Sorry yeah. With somebody um, Until that happens you can tweet me at underscore Stancy for any of your LU musings. Yeah. And with that, we are out of here. <laughs> Peace. Glorious. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.